going on, guys? Welcome back to the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports. Today is the weekly wrap-up. My name's Rick Hartley, and I'm back here with my host, Matt Cripps. And, uh, Matt, we got a lot to talk about today, uh, going from the Red Wings and how they've done more signings here in this past week and uh, a couple front office changes. Uh, a lot of stuff's happened in the MLB, so we're going to take a brief moment on that as well. Um, basketball just finished up its uh, summer league, and, uh, you know, uh, preseason for the Lions is right around the corner. So uh, to get into it first, uh, let's uh, let's dive a little bit into the Red Wings uh, first here today. Um, with the Red Wings, uh, they've made a few signings here in the past week. Uh, they finally announced that uh, Maritz Sater is uh, signed to his three-year entry-level deal. And uh, that kid's got a bright future. But a topic has come up. Uh, people are starting to wonder uh, whether that kid is going to have a shot at the NHL. Also, they're also wondering if he's going to be starting, if he doesn't make the NHL roster, if he's going to be starting the year in Grand Rapids or in Germany. So uh, let's dive into that a little bit. I'm going to say uh, that the kid needs to move to Grand Rapids to start the year if he doesn't make the NHL roster, only because he's been playing in the league in Germany for a while now, and I feel like Grand Rapids will be the next step for him. Uh, the comfort level might have to be adjusted. Uh, so if he's not comfortable uh, in the NHL or around any of the guys here, he might want to go back to Germany. But I'd say he starts in uh, Grand Rapids for the year. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, the way I see it, I think it could go either way. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he's gonna go back to Germany. Uh, you know, he's from the this Germany. Um, he, you know, he's he seems to be comfortable down there. I think he's gonna develop and. He's, and he's got a bright future ahead of him, so I say he goes back to Germany. So you say that he's not – you don't think he's going to be comfortable comfortable enough here to uh, be able to go down to the uh, AHL and uh, play down there. You say he's going to have to go back to Germany, play somewhere he's a little more comfortable, and then develop a little more and then get back here and see if he's ready for the next step? I think that I think that would be good for him. I mean, you know, he's, he's from Germany. He's going to – if he if he the more he develops he the more the higher he'll move up the, the ranks higher, yeah higher he'll move up the ranks and he's just and he, and the brighter his future will get all right and then the question another question i guess i have for you about uh Maritz is uh how long till he uh how long till he gets to nhl level ready or is he nhl ready now i mean you kind of already answered the nhl ready now question by saying that he might want to go back to germany for another year but um, how long do you think until Maritz Sater will be ready uh, to come to the NHL and uh, put a stamp on the game? Well, I'm going to say possibly next next season, the 2020-2021 season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be NHL ready this year, but maybe ne the next coming season. Uh, the only reason I say this is because most uh, – uh, kids that get drafted in the NHL, they don't go to the NHL right away. It doesn't work like that. They need to go down to either the AHL, the or, AHL or head back to a home league. Uh, yeah, head back to a home league to to develop and you know have the confidence they need to get to the NHL. So I think that I think that would be smart. Uh, I mean, I kind of see that. I'd like uh, I like to see a lot out of kids. Uh, when it comes to sports and see if they can, you know, make the big league roster uh, right away. So, you know, I'm hoping uh, he gets a shot at the NHL roster. 
Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to the AHL or back to Germany, like you said. Um, but I think his next step is the AHL, where he will be able to do, develop and play at a closer to NHL-like pace. Um, another thing that recently happened this week in Red Wings news is uh, Joe Hicketts signed a two-year uh, contract. Um, he's played about two weeks' worth of games, just over two weeks' worth of games with the Red Wings over two seasons. And uh, last year he played the majority of them because last year, if you recall, Matt, they uh, the, the defense – uh, did not have a lot of depth to it last year, and they had to call on some kids when injuries happen. So uh, let's talk about uh, Higgins for a second. Uh, is he stuck in Grand Rapids for another year, or does he uh, get ready to take the next step to being an everyday NHL player? Well, uh, I think it's going to have to depend on what he does in preseason. I mean, if he if he's pretty good in the preseason games, uh, I think he'll be in the NHL. If If he's getting there, like he's getting close – if he's getting close, but he needs to develop more, I think he'll probably start the season in the AHL in Grand Rapids. So that's what that's my opinion on that. So it depends on how he does in the preseason. Uh, so I think he'll I think he'll start the season in in, in the NA in a, a, AHL. All right, and uh, you know I kind of agree with that with the uh, whole him starting in the AHL thing. But you know I like giving kids chances, and geez, I feel like I say that a lot. Um, but coming with all these Detroit teams in general, they all need to start getting playing time. We talked a little bit, a little bit about it yesterday, uh, during Tiger talk with, uh, uh, the kids getting chances to play and not being blocked by veterans that are holding them down until they are presumably ready. It's time for the teams to start letting the younger kids play and get their time in the NBA, because that's the only way they're ever going to get better in the, in these leagues is to be able to play more. Um, not only did the Red Wings uh, sign uh, those players, but uh, a couple changes have happened in the uh, uh, in the offices up there uh, in Little Caesars Arena. Uh, Tyler Wright uh, is now the former amateur scout uh, of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he will uh, be expected to join Ken Holland, the GM of the now Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so that's... That doesn't surprise me, really. Does that surprise you at all that he goes and joins the former GM of the Detroit Red Wings? No, not really. I mean, he's got a great relationship with Ken Holland. You know, when Ken Holland was the GM for the Red Wings for a number of years. Uh, so, congrats to him. Uh, I think, I think he'll his next chapter will be with Edmonton. So, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers this this year on how. Their general, their ge- their general office is going to do this upcoming NHL season, and also heading over there as well. Um, another pro scout that was with the Red Wings here recently, uh, Arky Henderson. Uh, he is also heading over to Edmonton as well. So that's going to be very interesting to see how these couple players work out here for the Red Wings now that they've signed their first rounder. Which I mean, come on, everyone expected that. Uh, Hicketts is back for a couple more years, add a little more depth to that defense. And uh, also, the Red Wings also uh, promoted uh, Chris Draper to, he is now the director of uh, amateur scouting now. So that's also another big thing that happened for the Red Wings this week. Uh, So not much happening for the Red Wings this week in terms of news. 
But uh, we're about to move on here to Tigers. We talked a little bit about we talked a lot about them yesterday during our episode of Tiger Talk. Um, so today we're going to break down a couple things that just happened here within the last couple of days, actually. Um, that a uh, a big thing happened in Game Two of the uh, Tigers and Indians series, and it's kind of comparable to something that just happened out in uh, in Houston. I believe it was Houston and the Angels. Yep. All right, so let's uh, kind of break this down a little bit. So to start off the game on Tuesday, uh, Reyes, Victor Reyes, the center fielder for the Detroit Tigers, got walked. And then uh, I believe it is Willie Castro, correct? Or is it Harold Castro? Harold Castro. Harold Castro. I always get those two mixed up. So uh, Harold then went on to hit a double, and uh, Reyes was coming around third and went home. And he slid into home plate. But uh, he couldn't necessarily get to home plate. And a lot of people, especially myself, have been talking about plays like this. Now that the rule is for the past few seasons that you can no longer run into the catcher uh, when you go towards home plate. But the catcher also has to give you a clear path. So we're going to start by breaking – we're going to kind of break this down a little bit on the play in – was that game out in Los Angeles or was it in Houston the other night? It was in Houston. All right, we'll break it down. We'll break that down and compare it to the game in Houston uh, the other night as well. Uh, so let's start out with the Reyes play. He it obviously looked like he couldn't get to the plate, but from the catcher's standpoint, it made it look like the ball was going into the path of the baseline. So, do do you believe that the umpires made the right call when it came to Reyes uh, being out in that scenario, or do you feel that the call should have been overturned and Reyes should have been considered? Either safe at home or put back on third base. I I feel like the call should have been overturned. He first of all, Perez did not give Reyes enough room to 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 make home plate. So you got it. You got to allow that, and he didn't. And I don't know why they didn't reverse this call. I guess if there was not enough evidence to overturn it, then I get that. But but I, what if the ball was going into the path of of the baseline? Should Perez still have tried to manage to find a way to uh, stay out of the baseline to pick up the ball? He he should have been somewhere where where Reyes could have room. You know, I think where he could have had room to slide to home plate because you don't give someone room that should be interference. Yeah, because like we said about what five years ago, you could have easily just ran into someone and you could have probably had a chance of being safe or. Maybe the catcher would have still held on to the ball and you still would have been out. But nowadays, they're they're kind of cracking down on all that stuff, and you're not allowed to do that anymore. So it kind of makes the game a little bit harder to judge, and that's kind of why I believe replays have brought into the league as well, other than the Armando Galarraga thing that happened 10 years ago almost. So that's a big thing is that when a rule is implemented, everyone needs to know everyone up high in major league baseball officials need to know how the rule works and all that stuff. So that's how I kind of feel about that. But now let's compare it to this other play that happened a few nights ago when, uh, Jake Marisnik, uh, completely ran over Jonathan Lucroy in Houston. Um, this one's kind of different. Uh, Lucroy was clearly giving Marisnik a path to the plate, but Marisnik somehow, still managed to run into Lucroy and it looks like Lucroy is out with an injury now due to concussion. So uh, tell me a little bit about that play, Matt. You saw that play. 
Yeah, I thought that was a dirty play by Marisnik. They He received a two-game suspension for it. I kind of think that's the right decision for MLB because because they have now banned home plate collisions. You can no longer do that. I think that's the right move for MLB. Some, I think some people may disagree with me, but I think the suspension is is the right thing to do because it could have because it could have been worse. And now tell me, um, do you feel that Marisnik had a clear path to the plate, or did Lucroy kind of kill his path, like in the scenario with uh, Roberto Perez and Victor Reyes? Well, I mean, I'd have to see the replay again. I mean, I I think. I think Marisnik, uh, if he, even if he did it on accident, I still think, I still think the suspension is is the right thing to do because home plate collisions have been banned for like since the 2014 season. So, uh, and you don't want any of, and as a, as a manager, you don't want any of your players to get hurt, especially at a time like this during the all when the All Stars week break is coming up uh you, that's the last thing you want to do and Lucroy is one of the top catchers in all of major league baseball yeah now i guess that we're it, it kind of hurts them now too uh that uh we are past the all-star break now and that Lucroy goes down because now they kind of have to look towards one of their younger catchers in the league to come up and be the backup catcher um even though some some teams nowadays tend to carry three catchers um but from what I remember from when I saw the play, uh, Lucroy did give Marisnik uh, the right side of the baseline. So it's not like Lucroy was completely in his way. Uh, Marisnik still could have gotten around him, I do believe. Like you said, you'd have to see it again. Um, so it's, it's interesting how things like that get called. I mean, it was that play in particular was taken care of properly where Marisnik got the two-game suspension. You know, it's kind of interesting on the Angels' side of things. Before that play even happened, when Marisnik got on base, um, Osmus and the pitcher at the given time, I don't remember uh, the pitcher's name at the time, they both got ejected, and Osmus got suspended for a game as well. What What is Osmus getting suspended for? Osmus is only going out there to defend his guy. And, I mean, I don't know what was completely said during that conversation with the umpire, but still, it's not like all things go into consideration of why did the pitcher throw behind Marisnik. That's just, to me, that's inconsiderate of the uh, umpire's side of the game. Um, so, I guess, doing a little comparison, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to debate this for a second. Uh, which call do you feel uh, was worse? The call uh, for the Lucroy-Marisnik situation or the... Uh, Reyes uh, Perez situation. Which call do you feel could have been made better? Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Marisnik and Lucroy. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because uh, because Marisnik obviously he injured Lucroy. He's got a concussion, I believe. So, so are you saying that Marisnik should have gotten more suspended more games? Well, no, I'm not saying that. I think. I think two games is fair. Uh, maybe, maybe three. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think MLB is doing a, a right decision. Like, you can no longer, you can no longer collide with the catcher. 
uh, the, the, they're banned. And if you violate those rules, then you should be punished. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, I believe the call was made worse uh, during the Tigers game. Not just because I'm that we're from Detroit, obviously, but, you know, or from the Detroit area, rather. Um, I just think that, you know, that was a rule that I don't think anyone was agreeing on or how or the outcome. No one was agreeing on the outcome. I feel like I like I said earlier, I feel like to make it a fair call, they could have easily just put Reyes back at third base and then. It would have been fair from both sides. The Indians would have saved a run and still would have had a chance to get out of it. And the Tigers still would have had a base runner on base and one more out to give. So, in a way, I feel like that situation, call-wise, was a worse call. Now, I feel the call during the Houston game, I felt like they took care of that properly. You know, you said maybe Marisnik could have got another game. But I feel like that call was made more proper than the call in Cleveland. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that about wraps it up for the first half of the weekly wrap-up. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, what's going on, guys? Rick Hartley back here on the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports. We're here with the weekly wrap-up. I'm back here with my buddy Matt Cripps. And uh, we got we got to talk on some uh, Lions getting ready for uh, training camp. Training camp started yesterday. Um, so a few positions on this Lions team uh need to be filled a lot of stuff is kind of uh set in stone going into the regular season but uh there's still some spots open for some players that don't necessarily play these certain positions to kind of fill so let's talk about that a little bit um let's kind of talk about the uh the offensive line a little bit there's there's a one spot that's pretty much wide open uh without uh tj lang being there anymore tj lang previously before the lions played with the Green Bay Packers, and finished his career in Detroit, where he is from Michigan as well. So that kind of worked out for him. Um, players, to fill that guard position, uh, they've been saying that uh, Tyrell Crosby has been playing that position, but he has also kind of been a swing tackler. So that's kind of interesting how that's going to work. They got some young kids coming through here, but uh, I don't know if I see Crosby as the – uh, swing guy anymore they say he's been practicing a lot in that guard position so tell me Matt do you feel since they since they already got you know the likes of Taylor Decker uh, and Wagner to basically be the starters in that guard position uh, do you think it is the right move to put uh, Crosby in that guard position um I think so yeah well in a way I guess I'd say since uh, Quinn well, Quinn's obviously made a lot of moves here in the offseason. So, Decker, uh, I believe it was not last season, but the season before, after his rookie season, went down with injury and came back last year. He played pretty strong last year coming off of an injured season. Um, and Wagner, that those are like that's like a duo for uh, the offensive tackles. So, I think uh, I think Crosby is a uh, is almost a shoe win unless they go out and kind of pick someone up or someone comes in uh, unsigned for training camp and preseason. Um, but for right now, I say Crosby is the is the uh, given guard uh, going into into the regular season. Um, and then this uh, next this next topic, um, let's talk about 
Let's talk about the safeties. Safety is probably one of the strongest positions on the defensive side of the ball here in Detroit. Um, uh, big names that are basically probably going to be the starters this year. Uh, Quandre Diggs and Tracy Walker. They've kind of been the starters for this team for about maybe a couple seasons now, I do believe. Um, but let's not forget about Miles Killebrew. Uh, Killebrew has also... Uh, He's been practicing with the linebackers this offseason, so he's looking to still find a way into the lineup. Do you feel like that kind of helps him, uh, trying to make him more versatile in the game of football and give him more opportunities to play more snaps? Uh, I think so. And uh, with uh, uh, Will Harris, the Lions' third rounder this year, um, how do you feel about his progression? Do you think he'll be able to uh, contribute on a top line? Uh, within the first couple lines uh, uh, this year, or do you feel he needs another year to uh, get the gist of the NFL and the game speed and all that stuff? Uh, I feel like it's I feel like it's going to take another year for him. I mean, I don't think he's there just yet. Uh, I think he's got to he's got to be ready. If you, if you want to be in the NFL, you got to be ready. So you have to adjust. And you know, the, there 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 are guys in the NFL that can really run. They can run fast. So uh, they need he need I think that's what he's gonna have to work on in preseason this year. But if he and if he doesn't make it to the NFL, then he's got a better chance next season. All right, so you're saying uh, Harris gets put on practice squad if he doesn't make it. Teams don't normally carry uh, six safeties on a team, six of them. That is what I said. I do believe. Um, so let's say uh, about a regular number is four because then you got. Your two starters, and then you got two backups for either of the starters. So, tell me this, Matt: Do they carry all six safeties this year? Especially now with uh, Killebrew looking to contribute on the uh, in, in the linebacker position, and the third rounder still trying to get NFL time, or do they cut it down to the regular four? Uh, I think they're gonna go with Miles Killebrew. You think? Uh, you think they're gonna put Miles Killebrew on the linebacker? I think so. I mean, he's obviously been practicing there. Yeah, he's he's practicing. Um, I think he's I think he's gonna be do a good job at it. Um, he's obviously been showing some nice uh, versatility there. But uh, so okay, then I guess that brings me to this question: Does he go full linebacker this year, or does he still play safety this year? I wouldn't say full linebacker. I would say maybe a safety. I mean, he's still young, so. All right, uh, that about wraps it up for our edition of the uh, Lions segment here in the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports Weekly Wrap-Up. Now moving into our last segment here, uh, Pistons in the Summer League. Summer League just wrapped up, and uh, quite a bit of things happened here. And uh, they also had a recent signing as well. Um, so let's get into that a little bit. First off, before we get into the talks of the Summer League, let's talk about the signing that just happened uh, the other day. Uh, Pistons signed... Uh, or they didn't sign. They claimed uh, Christian Woods off of waivers from the Pelicans. Uh, and uh, he, Woods ended his season last year in a high note. And uh, he uh, looks like he's ready to contribute to a team that I guess is looking to be a contender. I don't know. How would you feel about uh, Christian Woods? He's obviously, he's got a, a lot of height to him. And I guess uh, they're trying to get him to play behind Andre Drummond is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, how do you feel about him playing behind Andre Drummond, even though he's kind of a smaller size and isn't a natural center? Well, 
I like this idea. I think it's smart. Um, you know, Andre Drummond's obviously the star is the is the starter in in the center, and you know Woods he can also he can also play uh, power forward and does not like you said not does not play much center. He's 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 six ten, so and and Andre's a little little taller than him, so um, yeah, I think yeah, I would like to see uh the pistons make woods uh a backup center um i uh well i guess this brings up topic for debate here do the pistons make one more move uh before the summer's over and preseason gets underway do they try and find a way to sign a center or do you think they're gonna uh continue with uh christian woods here uh i think they're just gonna continue with christian woods uh and I could be wrong about this. I don't know if they're going to sign anyone else, but um, I think they got they've done a lot th- this off season. You know, they've added like they've added Derrick Rose and they had Tim Frazier, Markeith Morris, Markeith Morris, and now Christian Woods. They claimed him off waivers, um, so they're obviously trying to fill some voids that were left by some of the players that have left this team this year. Obviously, the Pistons don't have Pachulia anymore. Uh, Ish Smith is gone. Uh, I believe, uh, Galloway's gone as well. Um, but that about, uh, does it for all the signings and stuff that have happened for the Pistons, uh, for the off season as of this week. Now let's kind of move into what happened, uh, during the Pistons summer league games, the Pistons, uh, in that tournament, uh, they didn't make it very far, but in the few games that they did play, uh, the guards were showing a lot. So let's, uh, kind of break down what happened with the guards this year. Uh, let's, uh, dive in a little bit deeper to someone that was on the Pistons last year and was a major part and was a major role. Uh, let's break down, uh, Bruce Brown and how, uh, he, uh, improved a little bit in the, uh, summer league here. Uh, he, he worked on his three point shot. At least that's what, uh, uh, reports are saying. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think, uh, Brown, uh, needs to keep working on that three pointer to be, uh, not necessarily a star, in a lineup, but like uh, a nice placeholder. Yeah, I would I would say that he would need to uh, work on his three point attempts because, you know, you know I think Dwayne Casey would be really impressed. You know he he's he's let Andre Drummond do make three point attempts, which Andre is not really a good three point shooter. No offense to him, uh, but but I think Bruce Brown should work on his three pointers. And the more that he practices on it, the more he gets better. And maybe he'll be, he, uh, he'll become like a superstar player in the NBA. Uh, the Pistons could really use, I feel like the Pistons make a lot of three point attempts and uh, you're not going to have too much success with three point attempts. Uh, maybe every once in a while, but it's not going to be all the time. And I think, and I think Bruce Brown has got to, you know, he's still young, but you know, when he, when he, when, when he, he gets his, uh, when, when he gets out there beyond the perimeter, he needs to know how to hit those shots. Uh, they were saying, uh, the big problem with him was, uh, his, uh, elbow was sticking out too much. I do believe is what the report said. So, uh, coaches were telling him that he needs to keep his elbow in so he can shoot more of a straight shot instead of an angled shot. Uh, I And I like that too. Uh, Brown, with the regular day NBA teams now, both guards need to know how to shoot from the outside. I don't know many teams that have two guards that neither of them shoot 
uh, from the perimeter. Um, but that was pretty much what Brown's been working on uh, this offseason. So he's looking to expand his game, looking to get the three-point shot down. Uh, but we got to remember that he he has primarily been more of a slashing uh, shooting guard and defensive shooting guard. So let's hope his defensive skills uh, stay up this year. Um, but let's talk about some kids that are, say, a little bit younger and not necessarily all completely ready for the minutes of an NBA game. Uh, Kyrie Thompson and Savine Mikaliuk, uh, they both uh, played a played minor roles in last year's season, coming off the bench for maybe a couple minutes a game. Um, Kyrie Thomas, uh, he uh, really does well with shooting the three ball, and he's got some defensive presence to himself. And that's... That's almost like uh, Bruce Brown, but he's able to shoot the three ball and not much of inside work. So uh, tell me about that. How would you feel if uh, Kyrie Thomas or Sabine Mikhaila got the uh, got a nod to get a roster spot here uh, in Detroit? Well, the one thing I want to talk about with Kyrie Thomas is like I remember that Dwayne Casey said in a post game interview saying that Kyrie Thomas is going to be is is a future is a future for this Pistons team. So. I think, I think Thomas will make, I think Thomas will make the NBA team this year. Uh, you know, I think he, you know, he, he hasn't been in the league. He was in the league last year, but he's only had only for a short time. So uh, it'll be interesting this year on how he can progress if he gets to the NBA. I think, you know, I think he's gonna, you know, perform well. He's gonna develop. Uh, and Mihailuk, uh, you know, I think I don't know if he'll start the season in the NBA. He's a prom. He looks like a promising young prospect, but uh, I think Kari Thomas may have a better chance of making it to the NBA than Mihailuk. All right, uh, with Mihailuk, uh, they're saying they're saying that one of these two guards here, uh, they're going to get sent to uh, the G League uh, organization that they got uh, over in Grand Rapids. So if we had to pick here. Uh, who gets the nod in the NBA? Who gets sent back to the G League? I'm going to say Kyrie Thomas, NBA, Savima Hyluk, the GB League. Now, honestly, now this is going to sound interesting. I think I think they both make the roster, and uh, Frazier uh, goes to the G League or gets released. Um, I know we signed him to a small deal uh, this past offseason, but it, I think it's time to start moving towards the younger guys. Uh, that are going to possibly be the future of this team. Um, so I think they both make the roster. But if I had to pick between the two, I want Thomas because Thomas has played more minutes in the NBA than Mikhailuk has. Um, now, as someone that didn't play much uh, in the summer league, uh, uh, Sekou Dumboya, he uh, only played in one game. Um, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. It was, their, it was the finale game for them. Uh, how... How would you say he did in his one game in the summer league for the Pistons? Well, I think he. Well, I think he's a promising prospect. I mean, I, I don't think the Pistons want to put too much pressure on him. Uh, like you said, he didn't play that much due to injury. Um, I think he's a strong prospect for the Pistons and. And I think and Dwayne Casey is obviously very excited to see this young man play in the NBA, uh, but he's he's probably not gonna 
He's not. He's not going to be a starter. I don't think so. But he. But I think he will play on the bench. So it'll be interesting this this upcoming season on what how Dwayne Casey will uh, do with with this young man. So tell me this: Does uh, who does Dumboya play behind? What position does he get primarily behind someone? Does he play behind? Uh, does he play behind Blake? Does uh, Markeith start and he plays behind Markeith in that small forward position? Uh, the small forward position, by the way, is still something that's kind of up for grabs here uh, on this Pistons team. They don't really have anyone that'll primarily play that position unless you uh, put Markeith in that position, I believe. Tony Snell might play it as well. Um, so that's a kind of topic for debate. Uh, well, that about wraps it up for this edition of the weekly wrap-up on the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports. We'll see you next time.